You're listening to Scribblers Radio. You're listening to Scribblers Radio. You're listening to Scribblers Radio. Welcome to Scribblers Radio. Young podcasters interviewing authors at the Scribblers Festival 2021. This is Sersha and Matilda with Jessica Townsend, award-winning author of the Nevermore series. Her latest is Hollowpox, The Hunt for Morrigan Crow. They begin by asking Jessica about her love for words and to choose which word is her favourite. I don't know why, I'm not convinced it is my actual favourite, but just as an example of a wonderful word that's excellent in its pure silliness, one of my favourite words is flabbergasted. I just like it. It just feels, it feels so good to say. It's so satisfying. Flabbergasted. And I don't say it often enough, so thank you for the reminder. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you're friends with Lynette Noni. I was wondering, because you've done quite a few interviews with her, mm. how does it feel like to do an interview with an author as opposed to on your own like this? Oh, it's super fun. Because, I mean, so much of being an author is like quite solitary, um, you know, obviously like the writing of books, but then also when you go on tour or you're, you know, doing things like that, it's, it's often just like kind of the spotlights on you, which is very confronting for people who like to sit quietly in a dark room on their own. So being able to kind of, that's been one of the joys, I think, of um, becoming an author and like meeting other authors. And especially with Lynette, we've become quite good friends because weirdly, we both live on the Sunshine Coast, which is just a tiny little place. It's um, And when I first went on tour for Nevermore, um, every bookstore that I went to, like in Sydney or Melbourne or wherever, I would always have booksellers say, oh my gosh, so you're from the Sunshine Coast, you must know Lynette Noni. And I'd never even heard of Lynette Noni at that stage because I don't know who anyone is. Um, And she then reported to me later that she had the same thing. All these booksellers were like, you must know Jess Townsend. She's like, who is Jess Townsend? (laughs) Um, And then we were asked by a local festival to do an event together. And so we just on social media were like, maybe we should have a coffee beforehand. (laughs) And we just hit it off. And it's, it's really nice actually, because, you know, it's just, it's such a strange, industry publishing and especially like being new to it and not having done anything before like obviously I'm a few years in now but there are a lot of weird things that happen and it's so nice to be able to talk to someone who's going through it and be like is this weird and she can either say yes or no or yeah (laughs) that's great that's awesome if you were sucked into one of your books which character would you be and why Ooh, which character? Would, if, I, if I could choose which one I would be, oh, I would definitely be Finestra um, <laughs> because if you were given the opportunity to be a giant talking cat who just um, is rude to everyone, why would you not take that opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were stuck on a desert island, um, what book would you want with you? Oh, wow. That is a really good. Oh, I know. Uh, So it's probably just because it's fresh in my mind because I was telling people about it earlier. Um, There is this book that I love. It is called The Little Library Cookbook. Um, It's by an Australian writer called Kate Young. And she is from Brisbane, which is very close to where I'm from. And we are around the same age. And she lives in London a lot of the time. And she loves books and she loves food. So I feel like... Kate, if you're out there, we should be friends. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Um, but it's, it's like a cookbook. But in it, she talks about, um, so she had this blog called The Little Library Cafe, and it, it's all about like food in literature. Um, you know, like all of your favourite, like lashings of ginger beer from Enid Blyton books and treacle tart from Harry Potter and, and all of these cool moments. And so her book is like about essays about growing up in Brisbane around the same time that I grew up on the Sunshine Coast, um, things that she loves from books, food that she loves. She cooks things and it's uh, really good. And it's just one of those books that you just can find something new in it all the time and it has fun pictures. And I just think like if I was on a desert island, I'd probably be really hungry. So I would torture myself looking at a cookbook. Do you, <laughs> do you have any tips for like overcoming writer's blocks? I think 
I do have tips for that. My first tip, or it's not really a tip, but my first thing I have to say about writer's block is that I don't think that it exists in the way that a lot of people think that it exists. Like as in a lot of the time when people talk about writer's block, they're talking about it as if it is some external force or it's a thing that's happening to you that's out of your control. And I do think that the experience or the feeling of having writer's block definitely exists. But like, I think it's useful to think about it in terms of like, this is something that I can find a solution for um, in, you know, in, in various different ways. And, and maybe the solution that I would have had for it yesterday wouldn't be the same as today. But like, it's not, it's not something that's, that's being, that's external, that's happening to me. It's either, for me personally, it's usually like, I've taken a wrong turn somewhere in the story. So I've made a decision, maybe a chapter back or a page back or something, and it's kind of written me into a corner. And sometimes it's useful to backtrack and to go back to what you wrote yesterday, what you wrote last week, what you wrote in the last chapter and be like, what it, where have I gone wrong here? Like, what's the turn that has taken me away from where I wanted to be? Um, on a more like practical, logistical kind of thing, kind of uh, level, I suppose, is sometimes it's useful just to get out of it, just to get out of your own head, get up, go for a walk, um, you know, go and have a shower, go and have a bath, go and watch some TV, go and read someone else's book and just get out of your own head and get out of that problem. Um, walking is one of the best things for me personally. Like I'm sure it's different for everyone, but like the most useful thing you can do is just be like, I'm going to go for an hour walk. I'm going to maybe think about what I'm writing or I'm maybe going to think about something completely different. Um, and sometimes I think things just kind of come to you or little solutions will come to you when you're not frantically looking for them. So just, yeah, that's the tip I, I think is like find whatever it is for you that helps you get out of that headspace and do something completely different. That's cool. Um, so I heard that your books might be getting turned into a film or <laughs> something similar. Maybe. I mean, I hope Maybe. so. So what's happening with that is that we sold the film rights around the same time that the book deal happened. So back at the at the end of 2016. Um, so the film rights are with a studio. There is a screenwriter on board. His name is Drew Goddard. And he is um, he made a film called Cabin in the Woods. He wrote a movie called The Martian. Um, he used to write for Buffy and Angel. Are you guys old enough to know Buffy and I Angel? <laughs> So like a generation gap happening. Um, (laughs) So uh, for elderly millennials like myself, um, Buffy and Angel (laughs) were quite important in our formative years. Um, (laughs) And Drew Drew wrote for Buffy and Angel and he also is the executive producer of The Good Place, which is a show that I very much love. Um, So that's quite exciting. Uh, So he's definitely the right person to do it. Um, And we have a lot of conversations about the way that he's, you know, he's, I have, there is a script that exists and we talk about who we might have in the roles but obviously like with movies you just never know until it actually happens so I'm definitely not counting my chickens before they've hatched but it's in a good place right now with good people to be done in a good way fingers crossed (laughs) do you have any (laughs) actors actresses directors in mind maybe like I'm so bad at knowing who people are (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in it no sorry it all just kind of goes over my I don't know um but Lots of people have lots of opinions, particularly about Jupiter North. So I've had lots of suggestions of who people would like. Um, The one suggestion that one person made to me one day that I was the first time that anyone had said a name that I instant, like I gasped, I was like, oh my goodness. And the name was Taika Waititi. Um, I would love to see Taika Waititi playing Jupiter. He would be incredible. Um, 
other than that, I don't know. I there are there are lots of names floating around um, in the with the studio people. And who do you think? Do you have a preference? Me? Yes. I'd love to play Morrigan. Oh, so you yes, okay. If you can't find anybody, I'm right. not I'll yeah. let them know. Thank you. I'll let you know. I'm when you, I have no idea when the auditions will be. But, you know, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Please make a character that's like me and I'll do it. A horse riding <laughs> uh, literary teenage yeah. expert. Done. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what sort of like research do you do before you write a book? <sighs> Not much. Um, <laughs> great start. So, so I, whenever anyone asks me about research, I tell this story about, because Hollow Pox, which is my latest book, um, as you know, it's um, about a disease and <laughs> yeah. it came out around the time, obviously, it's come out during a pandemic. That was not planned at all. Like, this has been a disease novel for years and years. It was planned ages ago. It was drafted before COVID ever happened. But I remember, I, I knew that that was always going to be like my disease, like outbreak style mm. novel. And I remember thinking at one point, like, maybe I should research what happened when there's a disease outbreak. <laughs> and then at one point when I was nearly finished writing it, I thought, did I ever do that research I was going to do? <laughs> no. Um, but, however, I just am good at guessing because quite a few things that happened in that book actually uh, did not happen in the real world in the last year and a half, which is not awkward at all. Um I do I do research. I'm quite funny in that like the big things I often will just be like, you know what, it's a fantasy world and I can get away with a lot of making stuff up. Um and I lean on that quite heavily. But then there will be tiny little things that I will research so obsessively. Like, so in Hollowpox, uh, you know, the opera bit, there, uh, she's backstage yep, at the yep. opera and um, there's literally this one tiny little line where it's like um, she's in Dame Chanda's dressing room and there's a line that says uh, she could hear an orchestra, the sounds of an orchestra warming up and a stagehand came to give a 15-minute call. Well, um, I remember calling my friend Chloe, who is, um, I thank her in the acknowledgements for it, <laughs> I talked to her for like literally 30, 40 minutes and I just grilled her about like, is this realistic? Would, it, <laughs> would she actually be able to hear this from the dressing room? Would a stage, would it be a stage hand during the 15 minute call? Like, it, and honestly, it was so unnecessary, but I was so obsessive to get that thing right. But disease outbreak, whatever, I'll wing it. <laughs> Good plan. Thank you. <laughs> what are the top best, um, top three best things about being an author? Oh, okay. Well, number one is that you get to work in your pajamas from home, hundred um, percent. Number two is um, I really am. For me, I am an introverted person, and I really enjoy my own company, and I really enjoy going into my own head and just being able to, like, if I could go back in time and talk to me when I was your age and just say, "Don't worry, one day you will be able to daydream for a living." <laughs> I mean, joy. Uh, so that's it, just being able to make things up. And that that kind of also, like an extension of that would be just the, the transferal of data from my brain immediately into yours via some markings on a page. Like that blows my mind. And that is a real, that's like a really weird, just epic source of joy for me. The fact that I can make something up and I can put it instantly directly into your head from mine. And now you can see it in your head. Like that is... Yeah, that is the best thing. And the and the third best, and I probably should have done this as number one, is um, uh, you'll think that I'm making it up to like be nice, but it's meeting people like you who are really passionate about books, passionate about writing, um, you know, really onto it, really smart and switched on and ask really good questions. And like, what, how many jobs do you have where you get to talk to like-minded young people who are like the future of our industry? It's very exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. But if we don't leave now, we might miss our bro- broly rail. So. <laughs> I do not want to keep you from the broly rail. You go and jump on that thing and try not to break your legs. <laughs> Thank you okay. both so much for Thank having me. It was so lovely. Much. This interview was recorded for the Conversation Caravan at Scribblers Festival 2021. For more stories and info about the festival, head to scribblersfestival.com.au. This is R.A. Spratt and you're listening to Scribblers Radio.